Thank you for your prayers in advance. For those that I know are praying for me, uh, and let's just see what God's going to do this morning. Let's just look to the Lord. God, we thank you right now. God, we praise you. We give you glory. And we give you honor, O oh God. We ask you right now, Lord, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to flow through this temple, O oh God, that we would feel your holy presence right now, God, that you would just speak a word into our lives, God, that your word would fall on good soil, O oh God. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We praise you in advance, God, for victory over all the things that have kept us bound. We thank you right now, God, that you would just anoint us right now to feel your glory. God, we praise you. Have your way in our souls. And I ask you right now, God, to hide me behind the cross, O oh God, that you would use me for your glory, God, that you would get all the glory, God. We thank you. We praise you. Have your way in our souls. In Jesus' mighty name, we say amen. Amen and amen. Uh, this time of year, uh, some of us find ourselves feeling, feeling pretty good about life. Uh, we're in a giving spirit, and our job is going well, and our Health is good, our relationships are good, and our, our, our children are good, and our finances are just where they need to be, and all our shopping is out of the way, and we can't wait for Christmas Day. But for others, you see, for others, we find ourselves in search of something that will fill the void in our lives, something that will heal the wounds of our soul, and for some of us, uh, Christmas time is... There's something missing right now. Everything is not quite right. Everything is not perfect. And there's a void that cannot be filled with gifts and wounds that cannot be healed uh, by presence. And physical gifts just won't do the trick for us anymore. And we're trying to find our way through this season, trying to stay joyous because of what Christ has done for us. But there's a struggle going on because we've lost loved ones or Relationships have been broken or we're dealing with addictions or we just can't get our spirits right because our health has always been a trial for us and we're struggling right now because our children are not walking upright or maybe things are just so bad that we just can't catch a break. You see, life is not perfect for all of us right now. Sometimes we're going through some things, but I have good news for you today. I have good news because this morning, God wants to restore your joy this morning. He wants you to know that he's working it out right now. He wants you to know that if you earnestly seek him, if you follow his path, that he will restore you, that he will give you that thing that you need to fill that hole in your heart. There's good news this morning in the scripture that our heartaches and our pains and our worries and our fears, our brokenness and all that can be restored through worship and through praise. And through our giving, we can still find joy in this season of celebration. The kind of joy that we spoke of in that song. Joy, unspeakable joy. Joy that we haven't had a chance to experience like we want to. Follow me as we go along this journey of the wise men. And search for that which will encourage our souls and remind us of the reason for the season their search for the king of kings. Let us read Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men come from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, 
and all Jerusalem with him and assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. And he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem, Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, O you, O Bethlehem and land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From, from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me a word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose before, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy, and going to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts and gold of, of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warmed in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own country by another way. Today's message is looking for the king of kings. Verse 1 reads, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the town of Her days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Jesus, the living bread, the bread of life, the bread that gives life, born in the town of Bethlehem, also known as the house of bread, the home of Boaz and Ruth, the city of David, truly God's plan of redemption was in process. Jesus was no longer an infant, but still a child, born in the days of a paper king, a king put in the place of Romans, a false king of the Jews that had no Jewish blood in him. A king that was a great builder, but nonetheless a murderer of many. And a power-hungry individual. A king full of fear and suspicion. That's who Herod was. And they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Wise men from the east, also known as magi. Gentiles like you and I, searching for Jesus, possibly Persian or Arab, philosophers, scientists, Eastern priests or astrologers. It doesn't say what their occupation was or how many there were, but they did say that they were wise men. So regardless of what you were, regardless of your occupation, regardless of uh, what people think about you, regardless of what people label you, when you seek after Christ, you are a wise man or a woman. Don't let people tell you who you are. For those of you that know the Lord, you are new creatures in Christ Jesus. You are children of the Most High. You are adopted sons and daughters of Christ, joint heirs with Jesus. Never be fooled by the lies of men when they try to tear you down. Coming from the east, they traveled a far distance hundreds if not thousands of miles, risking their lives, surely moving out of their comfort zone. Why? Because they were determined to find the king of Jews. Their hearts would not rest until they found the king they searched for. How far will we go? How much will we sacrifice? 
How long will we persevere to be in the presence of God? What will we give up to sit at his feet? What would make these wise men focus so steadfast in their pursuit? It was the star, not some unexplainable heavenly formation, not some natural heavenly occurrence, but something supernatural that occurred. Not any star, but the word says his star. They said we saw his star, a unique star, a star that pointed directly to Christ. They saw it rise, and they have come to worship him. They were pursuing the king of kings not to get, not to receive, not to be blessed, but they pursued him to give him worship, to give him praise. Wise men humbly pursuing Christ while following a sign from heaven. And as we pursue Christ, let us close ourselves in humility, acknowledging our unworthiness, but embracing his grace and mercy, pursuing him with all of our heart and love. Our longing for Jesus should drive us out of our comfort zone. It should put us in a place of dependency and create in us a sharp focus that does not allow us to be distracted or deterred by the words of men, that we would push forward and say, Lord, I want to follow you. Lord, increase my longing for you. In verse 3 says, when Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was troubled because he feared losing his power and authority. He thought this new king might replace him. He knew he was not a legitimate king. When he heard the king, true king of the Jews was born, he was scared. He did not understand that Jesus' kingdom was not Herod's earthly kingdom. But Jesus' kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. He thought he would have to give up his throne to serve the new king. Sometimes when we, too, are confronted with the truth of Jesus Christ, we, too, can get frustrated or angry. We know and think that the truth may require us to give up something that we hold so dearly. Sometimes we were confronted with the truth of the good news. We may retreat in fear because we know our lives may have to change, but the change is for a good change. A change is to be walking upright with Christ. Sometimes when Jesus, who is the light of the world, shines on us unexpectedly, we resist and we fight and we hold on to the control of our lives. But it is this time that he's looking for us to fall down and worship him. He's looking for us to submit to him. He's looking for us to accept him as our Lord and Savior. He is looking for us to yield to his calling on our lives. He desires only our hearts. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. 
So Herod, Herod in his wisdom, he brought all the religious people together, experts in the Old Testament, and asked them, where is Christ to be born? And they responded quite quickly because they knew the word. They responded, he's in Bethlehem, as prophesied, and they attempted to quote from Micah 5.2. He said, and O you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from whom, from you, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Even in this prophecy, God was showing the world that no matter where you're born, God can do great things in your life. But the interesting thing is, you look at their response. Religious people, they were so complacent and laid back and uncaring and nonchalant. You would think if someone said to you that they had received a sign from God, that the Savior had been born, and you knew where that Savior was supposed to be, that you would get a little excited about that. You would think that traveling six miles south, you would catch the first bus out of Jerusalem to get to Christ. But no, these religious people who knew God's word, who understood the prophecy, showed no excitement at all about the birth of Jesus. And I'm sure the wise men who were non-Jews we're totally confused. Your king has arrived. The one you've been waiting for is born in Bethlehem. If anyone should be excited about Christ, it should be those that know the word of God. But sometimes you may be the only one, the only one standing in excitement for the good news. Sometimes you may be the only one anxious about getting into the presence of God. You may be the only one in your home pursuing Christ. Don't be distracted. Press on. Persevere. Continue your pursuit of Christ and don't let anyone quench your thirst for him. For it's through your pursuit that those around you will be blessed. They don't know it yet. But if you hold on just long enough, they'll feel the presence of the light in your home. We just have to trust God. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how much pressure's on you, that if I stand fast in the word, that God, I can trust you, that you will save my whole household. In verse 7, it says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time that star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. Here Herod tries <clears throat> his weak attempt to deceive wise men. If you find him, let me know. So I can worship him too. Doesn't he know there's a reason they're called the wise men? Doesn't he know that they're being called by God and when you're on the mission for God that 
His holy wisdom starts to set in. He gives you discernment. He protects you from the schemes of the enemy. Doesn't he know that when you're on a mission for Christ that no weapon formed against you can prosper? Doesn't he know that evil perpetrated in sickness and in darkness, in secrecy and in darkness, cannot prosper, that God will bring light to that situation? Herod doesn't know who he's dealing with. And after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it had came to rest over the place where the child was. This was no ordinary star. One commentary noted that star moves from east to west naturally across the sky. But the wise men were headed to Bethlehem, which was south of Jerusalem, and they were following a star, which meant that that star had to be going north and south. Nobody but God can defy nature because he is the creator of nature. Nobody but God can cause a star to stop over a house because the house belonged to his child. Again, another reminder of who God is. So that when we're seeking the Lord, we will know for sure that God will never leave us nor forsake us. When we're seeking the Lord, he will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He is the light of the world. And in that light, there is no darkness. Don't stop pursuing him, pursuing him and he will give you rest. He'll give you peace. Just as the Israelites were led by a fiery pillar at night and a cloud by day, he will lead us through every trial and situation. God is always present. God is always with us. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When we see Christ, we should rejoice. When we feel his presence in our life, we should rejoice. All they wanted to do was worship him. Finally, their search was over. Finally, they get to go before the Lamb of God. Finally, they will be in his holy presence. Just knowing that brings them great joy. They haven't even got there yet, but they're anticipating. It's joy, great joy. Joy from the anticipation that there's about to be a close encounter with Christ. Joy in knowing that inside that place resides the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Truly, this is the joy that awaits us if we don't give up, if we don't get distracted, if we don't let man get in our way. This is the joy that can fill the void and heal the wounds if we just get into the presence of Christ. All they wanted to do was worship him. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. All they wanted to do was worship him. And when they saw the child, all they could do was fall on their knees. 
We were created to worship and glorify our creator. Our sole purpose for being here is to lift up the name of Jesus and be a light into this dying world. To be able to cry out, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, heaven and earth are full of your glory. I can only imagine what they felt when they laid at his feet, the presence of the lamb. So when you feel that there's something missing, when nothing seems to satisfy you, when there's a void in your life, and when your wounds are overwhelming you with the weight, fall on your knees, give God praise, worship the Lord, and let him mend your heart, mind, and soul. Cry out to Jesus and lay your cares at his feet. Show him your brokenness. For when we are weak, he becomes strong. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, I need your help. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then they gave gifts fit for a king. Gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold in recognition of his royalty. Frankincense acknowledging his divinity. And Mare, which was used at times to embalm the dead, acknowledging the sacrificial death that the Lamb of God was going to face. Whether they knew the circumstances of their giving or whether it was God showing us what was being given, the word is not clear. But truly, the divinity, the sacrifice, the royalty of Christ was displayed in those gifts. Oftentimes, we place a lot of attention on these gifts, though. <laughs> and we miss a key word. The key word was then. Then. Notice what took place before they offered the gifts. It was worship. Giving of our time and talents and treasures is important for kingdom building, but what comes first is worship. The praise and the adoration and the love of Christ. All of our work means nothing unless we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the worship that means most. It is the love that counts. That's why the white word says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He gave because he loved. The gold, frankincense, and myrrh were an outcome from the worship, a result of adoration, a byproduct of their desire to please God. God giving his son to the world as a sacrificial lamb was a reflection of the depth of his love. The gifts of the wise men were a reflection of the love of Christ. That is the reason for the season. That's what the season is all about. The gift from above, Emmanuel, God with us, reflecting the love and the gift, the gift that we give. This season of giving, let us remember that with every gift, it should be preceded by love. 
It's not how big the gift is, how small the gift is, but what do you mean behind the gift? It does you no good to give your wife a diamond when you've treated her like crap all year long. It does not bring love. Kay Jewelers is a liar. You cannot buy your kids toys at the end of the year and you haven't embraced them all year long. Gift must be preceded by love. That's what Christ did for us. And that's what we must do for each other. Sometimes, this season, we need to reflect back. And we just say to ourselves, as we're giving that gift, is there love that preceded that gift? Is there love that preceded that gift? Seek God with all your heart, and you will find him. And when you find him, worship him with all your heart. And when you worship him, it will cause you to give more than you ever thought you could give. This is the word of God for his people unto this day. Give with love. Amen. Amen. And if you had the band come up as I get ready to close. Somebody today may not have had the opportunity to form a relationship with Christ. Somebody today may not know this Christ that I'm talking about. Someone may not have given their hearts to Jesus. This is a day that you can step out on faith and say, God, I surrender. God, I want that love that he's talking about. This is the day where you can step forward and say, Lord, I give it all back to you. If there's somebody today that is feeling that and the Holy Spirit's talking to you right now, please don't leave this sanctuary without reaching out to Pastor Ezra or myself or Brian or Keith or anyone else that knows the Lord to say, Lord, I want to surrender on this day. Don't go out the door not knowing whether you're saved or not. Don't leave this place not knowing whether you're going to find your home in heaven. This is the day to make that choice. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen.